Martin Luther said of the Epistle to the Romans, I quote, This epistle is really the chief part of the New Testament and is truly the purest gospel. It is worthy not only that every Christian should know it word for word by heart, but also that he should occupy himself with it every day as the daily bread of the soul. We can never read it or ponder over it too much, for the more we deal with it, the more precious it becomes and the better it tastes. Hi, my name is Terence and I'm your host for Reading and Readers, a podcast where I review Christian books for you. Today, I review Romans, a concise guide to the greatest letter ever written by Andrew David Nasselli. 232 pages published by Crossway in August 2022. It's available in Amazon Kindle for $22.49 and in Logos for $23.99. I got a review copy from the publisher for free. Crossway has no input on this review. Andrew, or Andy Nasselli, is, to quote his website, the, the Associate Professor of Systematic Theology and New Testament for Bethlehem College and Seminary in Minneapolis and one of the pastors of Bethlehem Baptist Church. End quote. Since 2010, he has written or edited, on average, a book a year. Most of his books are on theology, as you would expect from a professor of systematic theology. Although he does have a two children's book uh, among the mix. But here I want to highlight a book that gives some perspective on today's book. In 2012, Nasselli wrote From Typology to Doxology, Paul's use of Isaiah and Rome, uh, Isaiah and Job in Romans 11 verse 34 to 35. This is a 214-page book on two verses in Romans. Two verses in Romans in 200 pages. Uh, this book came from a dissertation. That dissertation came from a paper presented to the Evangelical Theological Society. And that paper came from D.A. Carson's PhD seminar, where each student was asked to write a paper on the use of the Old Testament in a New Testament passage. Nasselli could choose any passage in the New Testament, but he chose Romans 11, verse 34 to 35, because... As he said, those two verses were attached to his favorite verse in the Bible, Romans 11.36, which is, For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. So we know that Nasselli loves Romans, and we know that he can write 200 pages on two Roman verses. The thing is that there are 433 verses and in 16 chapters in Romans. Can Nasselli write on the whole letter and still be concise? That is a bigger challenge than you might think. Just to shed some light on the challenge, let me share with you the longest, letter, uh, the longest book I have ever read, or more precisely, the longest audiobook that I have ever listened to. Some years ago, I got a free audiobook voucher. I could pick any book I wanted from the catalogue. Wanting to get the biggest bang for my buck, I picked the longest book. I didn't know at that time that John Piper's Romans was not a book, but a compilation of his sermon series on Romans. All eight years, all 225 sermons. Before I listened to this sermon series, Romans was impenetrable to me. I knew it was important. I knew it was something that every Christian should try to understand as they mature. I just could not figure out what Paul was saying. After completing John Piper's expository series, I was most satisfied 
in the beautiful truth I now hold so dear in my heart. That sermon series has been a life-changing experience. So much so that I wanted more. Soon after, I bought uh, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones' Romans set, his sermon series spanning 12 years, set into 14 volumes. I started it but didn't finish. It sits on my shelf as my retirement project. Coming back to Nestelli's book, he frequently refers to top Roman scholars Douglas Moo and Tom Schreiner. He even describes his own book as Moo Light or Schreiner Light. Now, since he said that, you might as well read Moo or Schreiner, right? Why go for light when you can go for the original? You go for light when the original is too heavy. Douglas Moo's book from the New International Commentary on the New Testament weighs in at 1,184 pages. Tom Schreiner's from the Baker Exegetical Commentary on the New Testament weighs in at 944 pages. Why am I saying all this? Great preachers John Piper and Martin Lloyd-Jones saw Romans as something so substantial that they dedicated 8 and 12 years respectively of their lives to preach from it. Top Roman scholars Douglas Moo and Thomas Schreiner wrote around a thousand pages on this one letter. So when Nesseli says that his book is a concise guide, it is against this backdrop. The epistle to the Romans has so much to offer to the Christian. Can a one-page summary do it justice? Can, for that matter, can a 200-page guide do Romans justice? Can Andrew Nesseli capture in his little book what makes Romans great? So let's find out. In the preface, Nasselli tells us that there are six ways to use this book. Those ways include reading this book with, on the side, a Bible, or more than one Bible, or with other Bible resources. I recommend Nasselli's phrase diagram book, which I will talk about more later. In the introduction, Nasselli answers questions like, how important is Romans? That's where I got the quote from Martin, Lloyd, uh, Martin uh, Luther in the beginning. He also wrote, uh, Nasselli also wrote uh, answers to questions, uh, who wrote Romans? We all know the answer to that, that's Paul. Where did he write it? When? To whom? Why? And so on. If you are new to Romans, this gives you the motivation and the broader context to Paul's letter to the Romans. Before we get to the main content of the book, the commentaries, we will see, we will read a three-page outline. Here we get our first hint of Nasselli's love for outlines. His book is an outline of outlines, as you will soon see. Now, the book is divided uh, into, uh, the, the commentaries is divided into seven chapters. And uh, let me just read the headings for you. Chapter one is the introduction. Chapter two is the universal need for God's righteousness. Three, the means of obtaining God's righteousness. Chapter 4, benefits of obtaining God's righteousness. Chapter 5, the vindication of God's righteousness. Chapter 6, living in light of God's righteousness. And chapter 7, conclusion. This book could be titled, The Righteous God Righteously Righteouses the Unrighteous. Except Nasselli has taken that clever title for another essay of his. Near the end of the book, we have recommended resources on Romans, which includes resources, intermediate or advanced, and uh, introductory. There is a study guide which has questions for the individual or the Bible study group. 
And we also have a chapter titled Acknowledgements, which is the only chapter that reveals much of uh, Andrew Nasselli's personal life. Uh, this book as a whole does not, is not filled with anecdotes from the author or just reflections and whatnot. It is a very disciplined uh, book, just telling us, just describing to us, outlining to us the argument in uh, Paul's letter. So Acknowledgements is where you get to know a little bit about the author. And the book uh, closes with the general index and scripture index. I said earlier that this book is an outline of outlines. Now, I'll explain why I said so. Let's look at chapter 1. The chapter title reads, Introduction, Romans 1, verse 1 to 17. The chapter begins with, I quote, Paul introduces the letter with a greeting, verse 1 to 7, a thanksgiving, verse 8 to 15, and the letter's theme, verse 16 to 17, end quote. Here we see that Nasselli has given us an outline of his chapter, of his chapter 1, introduction. And we have heard that there are three parts, verse 1 to 7, verse 8 to 8, 15, and verse 16 to 17. Now let us read the paragraph that follows. I quote, verse 1 to 7. The letter's opening introduces Paul as the author and the Christians in Rome as the addressees. Several themes bookend the letter. The Gospel, the Son, the Old Testament, Paul, the obedience of faith, and the nations. End quote. So here we see that Nasselli breaks down verse 1 to 7 into uh, three smaller parts okay, in what follows. And in these uh, three subsections that follow, he rapidly unpacks verse 1 to 3a, uh, verse 3b to 4, and verse 5 to 7. Boom, boom, boom. He just rapidly unpacks them. And uh, the pace uh, changes, um, so he doesn't go through them so quickly, when he reaches verses 16 and 17. For those two verses, he writes three pages, which is half the entire chapter of, of this chapter, to expound on Romans 1, 16 to 17, which is, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. End quote. Now, he spends more time here because these two verses are key to understanding the rest of the book. And everything I said is just uh, an example of, of how Nasselli uh, writes the whole book. This is Nasselli's method. He takes a chunk, he takes a big chunk, then he breaks it down. He breaks it down until we get to the easily digestible chunks. But when he reaches a difficult to digest chunk or an important chunk, he then spends time on it so that everybody can understand how those uh, things work, what is Paul saying in those bits. Now, if you are a guy who has ever thought, can someone please slowly explain to me what is the book of Romans about? Slowly, step by step. I don't really want to hear your opinions. What I really want is to see for myself how the verses progress, how they come together. I want to see how the argument flows. If you are that guy, then this book is for you. Nasselli takes the chunks that he has broken down and shows how they come together. In fact, he insists that you follow the flow of arguments. He does this at the expense of making his book more readable. 
For example, let me read his uh, comments on these uh, three verses that we can find in Romans chapter 6. I quote, For verse 7, This sentence supports the previous one, verse 6, as a parenthetical statement. When we died with Christ, God set us free from sin's power. On verse 8, This sentence continues the argument in verse 6. We are identified with Christ. If we died with Christ, we will also live with Him. On verse 9, This sentence supports the previous previous one. Verse 8, Since Christ rose from the dead, He will never again die. He will never die again, unlike how Lazarus died again after Jesus raised him, because death no longer has dominion over him. End quote. So, if you caught what I was trying to point out, uh, he says this sentence supports the previous one, this sentence continues the argument in verse 6, this sentence supports the previous one in verse 9, or so on. So, if you are not looking at the Bible, you can't really follow what is he saying in his book. In order for me to even understand what he wrote, I need the Bible. He forces me to open up Romans to read those sentences and to see the flow for myself. This means that if you're going on a trip and you are looking for a book to read on the plane or on the beach, if you are looking for something edifying to read as you kick back and relax, this is not the book for you. (laughs) Kicking back and relaxing is not how Nasselli wants you to read this book. Nasselli wants you to lean forward with pen, colored pencils, highlighters, with a Bible in hand. More Bibles, the better. He wants you to trace Paul's argument. Nasselli's concise guide to Romans is for the serious adventurer, not the Instagram tourist. But if I dare say so myself, there is another book better than the Bible. Ooh, that sounds so heretical. Um, Listen as I finish my sentence. There is another book better than the Bible to read alongside Nasselli's book, and that is his companion book. Tracing the Arguments of Romans, a phrase diagram of the greatest letter ever written. In his blog, uh, Nestle uh, describes these uh, two books. I quote, Each book can stand on its own, but I designed the book with Logos to supplement the book with Crossway. End quote. So he designed this uh, companion book to, come to, to, to be read next to this, uh, uh, today's book. So a phrase diagram, okay, this uh, phrase diagram is in simple terms, uh, in my own words, is the diagrams of the text indented to outline or to show the breakdown of the clauses. So the text is colored, highlighted, boxed, marked with arrows, so that we can see the relationship of the clauses, or in this case, to trace the argument of the passage. In Nasselli's words on phrase diagrams, I quote, It's the most respectful and fruitful, fruitful way I know of to take God's words seriously. End quote. And I vouch for that. I think uh, it is a really fantastic way of understanding the text. So if you read Nasselli's Concise Guide to Romans, uh, today's book, you must have, at minimum, the Bible next to you. Ideally, you would have the Romans book on the left side of your screen and the Bible or the phrase diagram on the right side of your screen so that as you read Nasselli's book, you can closely, closely follow Paul's argument in the Bible. Following Paul's argument in the Bible is the most important goal for Nasselli. The way he has written this book, his priority is not to make the case for his views. He does do so but that's not his priority. 
His priority is not to make you understand the minute details of various interpretations. For that, he points you to scholars in the footnotes. His primary goal is to make you see the outline, the argument of Romans. And once you get that, you can feel the rest of the, of the details uh, from the scholars that he abundantly quotes in his book. Douglas Moo, a distinguished scholar on Romans, endorsed this book. He wrote, I quote, Nassali's book on Romans gives believers a brief and accessible overview of Paul's great letter to the church in Rome. While written for a general audience, this book is rooted in a broad acquaintance with the many issues in recent interpretation of the letter. End quote. I would qualify what Mu means by general audience. His general audience is a tad different from my general audience. Now, bear in mind that Nasselli has a long list of books that he has written and edited for an academic scholarly audience. So, relatively speaking, in contrast, this concise guide on Romans is for a general audience. Relatively speaking, in contrast. The thing is that um, the general audience in my circle do not read books with some Greek words some even written in the Greek alphabet, but mostly transliterated. This book doesn't require you to have knowledge of Greek, but Nasselli does think that it is important for him to show the Greek words and to explain them in parts. This book also has have, uh, uh, tables that clearly lay out, uh, for example, faith versus works in Romans 4 and James 2, Adam versus Christ in Romans 5, uh, verse 12 to 21, Flesh versus Spirit in Romans 8, verse 5 to 13. And there are 10 more tables where those came from. And let's talk about the footnotes. There are some pages in this book where the footnotes cover half the page. They often cite uh, academic works from Moore, Schreiner, Carson, Beale, Hodge, and Murray, to name a few. In one footnote, Nasselli writes, I am condensing and paraphrasing Anthony A. Hokama's uh, created in God's image. In another footnote, he writes, this paragraph condenses and updates Mu and Nasselli's work, and then he cites the publication. So all this means is uh, readers are getting the best scholarly answer to the questions posed in the text, and there are many questions to be found in Romans. For example, in Romans 9, is Paul speaking about corporate, corporate meaning as a group, so is Paul speaking about corporate or individual salvation? This has giant implications on how one reads the rest of the letter. Nasselli doesn't go into the details. Understandably so. He can't write a concise guide that is also comprehensive. But he suggests that if I want to know more on this question, I should read these three articles. Uh, Thomas R. Shriners, does Romans 9 teach individual election onto salvation? Second one is uh, Brian J. Abasciano, corporate election in Romans 9, a reply to Thomas Schreiner. Then the third uh, article is Thomas Schreiner's corporate and individual election in Romans 9, a response to Brian Abasciano. So those are titles that uh, intrigue me. So... I put down uh, Nasselli's book and I downloaded those articles from the Journal of Evangelical Theological Society. And I had a really good time reading the exchanges between Schreiner and Abbasciano, which I would never have known existed if not for Nasselli's book here. 
So one way to think about this concise guide from Nasselli is that he curates the best and most thoughtful resources on the questions that come up as we read Romans. So that makes it a very good resource if you are going to study Romans. And that's the weird thing about this book for me. I gain lots of new things, but not so much from what Nasselli writes on Romans. I love Romans. You can't listen to eight years' worth of Piper sermons and not love it or love how Paul's argument flows. And since then, I have read Romans for myself, studied it, and argued with others about Romans, so I am somewhat familiar with the various questions. If you are new to Romans, I can tell you that Nasselli's book will guide you to glorious treasures, but you have to put the work. It is a study book. It's something that you use to trace the arguments, and you can get the resources that he sprinkles or all over the place, or the scholars, or the great people, uh, and great thoughts that he summarizes and condenses in this book. It's like a best hits of a scholarly work. Um, but as I reflect on, uh, after reading this book, um, uh, on what I've gained, uh, let me just outline for you what I have gained from Nasselli's book. And I share this because um, just to show that sometimes we, we gain things that we don't expect for when we read books. Now, the first thing I gained was uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones' uh, sermon series on Romans. Uh, Nasselli barely mentions Martin Lloyd-Jones in his book. The reason uh, I gained this was because I, while I was reading Nasselli's book, I was dissatisfied because I have been spoiled by John Piper. When it comes to Romans, I want expository exaltation. And Nasselli, as he reminds me of the arguments that Paul makes, uh, uh, reminded me of the thrill of discovery. And because of his book, I downloaded the Martin Lloyd-Jones uh, Trust app to listen to his uh, sermon series on Romans on my work commute. The second thing is uh, uh, memorizing Romans. In um, his acknowledgments, Nasselli thanked his youth leaders in high school for encouraging him to memorize Romans. I once tried myself to memorize Romans. Piper makes you try things that you normally would not do. And Nasselli, uh, from his from his book, has spurred me to make the attempt once again. So that's something I gained from this book, and you know, something that is not uh, obvious. And the third thing I gained was the Bible Ark. Uh, it's uh, it's a resource. It's a, it's a tool, uh, and I didn't know that this tool existed before I read this book. As soon as Nasselli introduced it in his books, the phrase diagrams and all, I went to the website, subscribed, and I'm using it for my next sermon. Once I'm familiarized myself with it, I plan to introduce and teach it to others. So, you see, it's a very strange book for me, this uh, uh, concise guide uh, to Romans, because um, what I really gain are things that are like uh, in the footnotes, yeah, things like how he does it, not so much on the, on the content of the book, but how he, he uh, explains, how he, uh, uh, gets the, how he breaks it down, how he draws from one chunk to another chunk. So that is what I gain from this book, not so much on the content, which uh, I do appreciate, but a lot of times those are things which I already knew before. And so I think that uh, this book is uh, really great um, if you're looking for someone to break down Romans into easily digestible chunks. It can be an intimidating book, I know that. Uh, I was a young Christian before. Um, and Aseli is one who can show you how those pieces come together and he points you to in-depth answers to the questions that, that invariably would come up. So uh, this is not, I have to say this though, that this is not a book to kick back and read. You need to lean forward 
uh, with, as I said, pen, color pencils, highlighters, and so on. As the book guides you to study Romans, you need to study Romans. You need to want to study Romans. And I want to tell you uh, from the bottom of my heart that Romans is truly a great book. And if you are a young believer, uh, maybe it's too much for you. Maybe. Um, maybe. But I don't think so. I think Romans is really something that you can read and learn even as a young believer. You just need a good teacher, a good guide to, to tell you how to break those chunks down. Um, but if you're willing to put the effort uh, and, and you do work towards understanding Romans, uh, it is something that is life-changing because the entire Bible actually opens up uh, how the salvation, how uh, the redemption uh, actually works, all that actually just pops out and it adds flavor and color into your Christian life. And every sermon and every Bible reading and every every part of your Christian journey actually becomes um, more substantial, more uh, concrete. Uh, it's not so vague and ambiguous, but it becomes more concrete and there is so much joy that comes uh, if you understand Romans. Necessarily might not be the book that spurs you towards that spark. It might be, like for myself, it was a sermon series. And uh, to be frank, uh, Nestle even said that uh, Piper's sermon series, Martin Lloyd-Jones' sermon series, actually did help him gain a love for Romans. So it could be that way for you as well. So, But even whether you are a young uh, believer or a mature believer, Nestle's book, is a good book to study with. And uh, I hope that uh, if you do study the Book of Romans uh, together with Nasali, I hope that you will gain, as I did, a great appreciation of the great truths that Paul writes in the greatest letter ever written. This is a Reading and Reader's Review of Romans, a concise guide to the greatest letter ever written by Andrew David Nasali. 232 pages published by Crossway in August 2022. It's available in Amazon Kindle for $22.49 and in Logos for $23.99. I got the review copy from Crossway. They had no input on this review. Let's see whether you can follow this line of argument. You have friends. Friends tell friends of good things. Reading and readers is a good thing. Therefore, you should tell your friends of reading and readers the podcast where I review Christian books for you. I hope you enjoyed this book review. Thank you for listening.